Hello, it's Denise from Women Beyond a Certain Age. Today's podcast is actually a conversation I had with Virginia Willis on her Insta Story account. Virginia does every Friday, she interviews authors or food people that she thinks are interesting, and they are, and they talk. So Virginia was going off to a writer's retreat, and she had to put one or two of them in the can. And so she and I pre-taped our conversation. I was honored. And the conversation, as Cindy decided, producer Cindy, was interesting and lively enough and wonderful enough that we should repost it on as a podcast. So that's what we've done. That wasn't that easy for me to say, was it? I don't think I've talked enough this morning. My mouth is not ah, warmed up. Anyway, so please enjoy this. If you don't know who Virginia Willis is, then you're not paying attention. But Virginia has written, I think, four cookbooks. She is a uh, Southern girl from and lives in Atlanta now and uh, a James Beard award-winning author. But Virginia is switching gears, and she wants to write a novel for her next project. So she's going to come back and talk to us again on Women Beyond a Certain Age and tell us how she came up with that decision and how the process is going. But today, just listen as Virginia and I gab about food styling, Uh, the online class that um, Cindy and I are putting together, and just basically, we're gabbing. Okay, thanks so much. If you want to reach out to us, you know you can always reach us at womanbeyondicloud.com. We archive all the podcasts on Women Beyond a Certain Age, and feel free to contact us. Enjoy! Do you want to know the secrets of food styling? Do you want to know how food looks so beautiful on the packages and on the billboards? Well, you are in the right place. Welcome to Cookbooks with Virginia. I am so excited because today I have with me guest Denise Vivaldo, one of the most famous food stylists like in the whole entire world. I know. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today. Virginia, I look forward to it all. All day yesterday, I thought I'd get to see my girlfriend, Virginia. I know, I know. And I talked to Natalie too. And we're saying, we were, we were sort of talking about the fact that like Zoom, you know, with COVID and everything, Zoom is like this sort of a headache, but at the same time, you still get to see people. So that's a wonderful thing. I Zoomed all day long on Friday and, you know, I was tired. I was amazed, but I, it was like three different meetings. So of course I was tired and it, you know what, I was also uplifted. No, it is so uplifting. So y'all, Denise has written cookbooks and entertaining books, but one of her, would you say your primary career, you're a trained chef, but your, your primary career has really been about food styling. Is that, would you say that's accurate? You know what? I didn't, I started out, I was a chef. I ran a very successful big catering company. Um, and then I, uh, started my own but Virginia my clients were all being that I worked Hollywood were all in television and movies right. so what happened is they pulled me into food styling right uh, 
One of the very first one was Susan Powder and probably no one's alive that remembers when Susan Powder had a career, but she was on the home show. She had lost weight. She had infomercial. She was huge. Well, I met her at the home show be helping with somebody else. Uh -huh. and she said, oh, do you do recipes? I said, sure, of course, I'm making this all up as I go along. Right. And the next thing I knew I was helping with her cookbooks, getting paid to write recipes, styling some of her books. So it just, that I was dragged into it because of right. Well, what an amazing career. And I have a, the older copy of this book, but yeah. this is like a, a Bible for people. And then we have, this is the, this is the new cover, right? <laughs> So let me tell everybody about this. So you're going to see this on my Instagram feed. You're going to go there. You're going to like me. And if you like me already, that's great. And if you don't like <laughs> me yet, you're going to like me now. And you're going to follow me and you're going to follow Denise. It's all right there. Comment, tag a friend, and you can win a copy of the Food Stylist Handbook, which absolutely it's it's an indispensable. And, and I think that, um, you know, you say that you were dragged into food styling. So one of the things that I think is so interesting now as like a, a cook and a cookbook author is that we kind of have to do everything now, right? Uh -huh. Now, it certainly has changed in the last 30 years, Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, and I was so happy to trade in my covered wagon for a car. I mean, it was just <laughs> But here's what happened. You are correct. I, I have worked on 50 different cookbooks, you know, nine of my own, but, and I didn't style all of my own because that wasn't the way it was done. You know, they I, hired a food stylist, publishers used to hire a food stylist and a photographer or an art director, you know, and made a team. Well, and you had this early, I know in the beginning of your career. Well, blogging was an upheaval. Yeah. Blogging was mountain building. Now, People will be, oh, I hated it, changed things. I think it made things, first of all, talk about entrepreneurial spirit. I, I love bloggers because I can't believe people just sat down all of a sudden and created an entire industry. And that's what they did. And a lot of them, moms at home trying to make a, a buck. How can you fault anyone for that? Right, right. Well, you're, you are such an incredible businesswoman. So that doesn't surprise me that you're, in fact, you're a supporter of this. Well, it changed, it made changes in my business, but only for the better is what happened because I started to look around our workshops. I have taught food styling workshops for 15, 15, 18 years. Mm -hmm. I have been blessed to teach them because food styling for the camera is an American invention. Okay. Okay. It goes all the way back to Charlie Chaplin eating the, you know, the black shoe in the movie, The Little Tramp. Seriously, wow. I've done research. Home economists became food stylists in the 50s to sell appliances. Right. So the bottom line is I've been able to teach Virginia and France, Japan, right. Singapore, Australia, Saudi Arabia, because of my book. Okay. Right. Now, because everyone emulates American food. Mm -hmm. And of course, our big fast food companies have strongholds in all those countries. Yes. Yeah. So the tentacles are long. So once I got into food styling and I loved it, and then as bloggers popped up and they started coming to our workshops and they had their own cameras, they weren't thinking of photographers, they were teaching right. themselves photography. Right. They were, so they were these combinations 
And what it really did for me was I thought, okay, editorial is going to go to the bloggers. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I'm going to have to really look at commercial work only. Now, commercial work is the front of uh, Stouffer's lasagna package, is all the, you know, is big, is national television stuff. Mm -hmm. So, and that's where the money, there's more money in it, to be right, perfect. Right, right, right. So I went after corporate accounts after about 2008, as blogging started, came to a fruition. And I mean, it's love and cookbooks, if you can grab cookbooks, and it's a celebrity, and they have a huge budget for their art. It's wonderful. Now, what's changed, which is when you leading into it, I'm sorry, my lengthy. No, 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 no. I'm fascinated. Authors are now I, it kills me, Virginia. And there's, and I know wanting to write that contract and getting that first cookbook, but you find out from young authors because they send me emails then, and they say, I got a $20,000 advance. And I say, good girl. And then they go, so that's for a hundred recipes and I have to do all the photographs. And I say, oh no, 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 we've hit a snag. And I'll say to them, "Do you are you a photographer? No. Do you know how to style? Not really." Um, and it gets it keeps getting worse and worse. Yes, yes. It's like a bog. It's like you're never. It's quicksand. When I was a kid, every TV show had quicksand, and I remember thinking, "That's how I'm going to die." You, there was all, little Joe was always in quicksand on Bonanza. But the bottom line is, they get into it and they find out to get some decent artwork. They're going to spend more between groceries testing and having to do, you know. Yeah, well, not only that, I remember like one of the reasons that I left working with Random House, you know, we could, we could talk for hours about the, the perils of publishing, right? But one of the reasons that I left Random House and went to Houghton Mifflin, because Random House, first of all, the contract includes, so my advance included the photographer's fee and so that's kind of crazy because that's 30 grand or whatever. And um, that I have to pay back to be able to get to royalty. So that was a problem. But the, the what was really crazy, and this is the second time I've had this conversation this weekend, what was really crazy was the way that they paid it. 25% upon signing, 25% upon turning in the manuscript, 25% six months after, and then 25% a year after. So that's like a... That's so even if it is a six figure advance, which there aren't that many, as you know, it's $25,000 a, a chunk before the agent over the course of two or three years, four years. It's, it's, it's not, um, it's not, a, it's not viable, right? It's not, honey, you're carrying, you know, when this used to happen to me, exactly mm -hmm. what you're, my husband is an attorney and he'd mm -hmm. say to me, let me get this straight. So you're carrying, uh, $40,000 for Viacom, or he'd say, or Sony Pictures, or whatever huge corporation he'd say. Now, how does that work, Denise? Right, right, and right. What you were talking about, Virginia, is making your cash flow almost impossible. Right, right. So, but what's happened with the blogging, I think, is so fascinating, because you're right, people have become stylists people have become photographers like you know everyone's got i mean you can make a movie with your dang gum iphone now right like it's just one of the things you know you're in california hollywood well my gosh like people it, the freedom to publish 
has changed tremendously, right? Yeah. It used to only be that you had to have a production team. You had to have a production company to do a show. And you've got a podcast. You're about to start teaching online classes for your, you know, you don't have to have a production company. You know how to do it. You've got the equipment. You can do it. It's, it's that's why I think it's so exciting. Right. Now, if you are a cookbook author right there outside listening to us, or if you wanted to, I, and we, you know, there's cookbook, there's wonderful groups on Facebook for everyone that's in a situation. Right, right. I know that some people allow $5,000 for their photographs. Okay. Right. Now, how can you create some nice looking art for that small budget? Of course you can. You have to be very organized. Yeah. I would, I always say the first thing I say to them is cut the mail and the photographs down. It's just like in printing it, get 20 or 30 beautiful photographs, put them in the center of the book. Don't disperse them. Do you know what right. I mean? Every recipe does not need a photograph. You believe, you think so. I feel like people are so want photographs so much because like right. it's Instagram effect. But, and that is Instagram's, but only put so many in the book and then take other photographs on your own that you create that are beautiful and make those your Instagram feed, okay? Right. Right. People will, or put up your own website. But right. certainly I wouldn't give all of that work to a publisher who is paying you pennies on the dollar. Do you right. see, what, you know, I mean, I, and again, I'm not bashing publishers. I've had wonderful relationship with right, right. And I've really enjoyed publishing books, but you know what, Virginia, it's a business. Yeah. And it has to be a business and, and it, it has to be a business for everybody. I mean, I used to have this, I used to think that like publishers thought that authors, all they did was like, you know, uh, drain the mini bars and hotel rooms kind of thing. <laughs> and authors think that publishers are just like Scrooge McDuck, you know, eating know. bonbons and swimming in money. Neither of which is true, right? That's right. Neither, there neither has to be a team. Do you know what I mean? There has yeah. to be a team. Yeah. And, and, you know, but once you've, uh, if you, this is what happened to us as our workshops changed. We had new authors come. Uh -huh. And they would show us some of their books and we'd say, you know, one of the things and I know, Virginia, since you've tested so many recipes for yourself and professionally, you take a picture of the recipe after it's tested, just it can be right there in your kitchen. Yep. You put it, we always print them out and put them with, the, you know, or attach them to yep. the recipe. Well, you know what? When you go back to 100, you see that maybe 20 or 25 of those really aren't going to very look very good. I don't care who photographs it. Do you know what I mean? They're brown, they're dull. It's a recipe people have seen 100 times. So you can covet and cultivate and really, I mean, in my in my feelings, you want 20 or 30 spectacular photographs in a cookbook, not 70 average cookbooks average photos you know yes 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 when we get and of course you were talking about everybody self-publishing when we now get cookbooks from students or friends or colleagues and sometimes as I open the pages and I just think to myself that's not a good photograph do you know what I mean it's just like it's your brand right okay it's your brand do you want pictures I'm not uh, and now I'm talking about vanity. Do you, why do uh, movie stars and artists and everybody protect their image so much? Because it's part of their brand. Right, 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 right. But I think the same thing is true of your food. Let's give the food the best opportunity 
tea we can to thrive. And that's why Instagram is so popular because that food is lit and it's styled and it's, you know, I'm sure most people know this, a lot of the Instagram influencers buy styled photographs and they buy, they, they don't do it all themselves. So once they make a little money, they turn right around. It's just like in the old days with cookbooks. Now they buy their content and their photograph because they want it to be beautiful. Now, let me ask you, because there's this, it seems like one of the things that's on Instagram, you know, I always go back to the fact that I'm a, I'm a cook. Yeah. So uh, when I see, uh, let's just say a, a cake, right? When I see a cake, and it's a finished cake. And in the background is the dirty bowl and the flour on the cutting board and all that kind of stuff. The cook in me thinks, how the hell did you not clean your kitchen in the two hours it took you to bake and to, to bake that cake? So it feels like there's a, some of it is it's just styled. I love you so much because you and I have had this conversation about when the unfinished paint peeling tables came in. The, okay, now, artistically, some of them are beautiful and I styled stuff on them, they were gorgeous. Now, inside, as a chef, I'm thinking, boy, I hope your baby doesn't crawl up and eat any of that lead-based I know paint. it. It's like, I, I, it drives me crazy. It's like, I wouldn't have that at a fish camp. <laughs> I wouldn't have that at a mountain cabin. Are, you're gonna get like bacterial tomain poisoning or something from eating off of that. I think you've made your feelings clear. <laughs> I, the messy in the background, a little baking. Okay, I get it. I get what they're doing artistically. As a professional, would you and I do that? No, because when the cake is ready to be presented, you're bringing out to the dining room with the candles or someplace, that's the idea, okay? Right. Dirty bowl in the background or, you know what I hate and this sounds so bad, if it's a pretty hand or a cute little child's hand, but you know when there's some horrible, ugly, dirty hand in the, and that's in the picture and I think, oh no, no. Oh, that's never sexy. Okay. Would I sleep with that hand? Would I sleep with that hand? No. Do I want it in my cake? No. So I sometimes I know, honey, but every they're reaching, people are looking for something new. Okay. Yes. yes. Our culture has changed. Yes. Chefs are no longer a short European man with a mustache and a white jacket. They are now in those leather aprons and they've got tattoos everywhere. Okay. And I knew that I needed to change my attitude was one day I'm out with our dear friend for lunch with Ann Willen. Uh-huh. And we went to some hip, hip place in LA and the chef wants to come out to meet Ann. And he came out and he had tattoos from the chin all the way to everywhere. I think one of them said, I, 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 I sliced my mother. I'm not sure, Virginia, they were, no, I'm kidding. They were just really a lot of tattoos. And he came out and it was so gracious to Ann. And she said, thank you. And when he left, I'm the one that says, wow, that was a lot of tattoos. And Ann Willen says to me, oh, I love the tattoos, Dennis. I love the way they move. And I, and I went back to my super salad and I thought, okay, now there's a lesson for you, Miss Denise. Here is Ann Willen, the grand dame. Like of Queen Elizabeth, practically. Really, who yeah. is being um, open and enjoying life. And I'm the one that's, 
being judgmental. I so guess. after that day, of course, Anne teaches me something I feel like every single time I talk to her. Right. But right. I thought to myself, Denise, you need new eyes. You need to not look at what used to be. You need to look at what is happening and enjoy it. Right. No, it's true. And you're right. Anne is, uh, Anne is always a surprise for those, those of you that aren't familiar. Anne Willen um, is a grand dame, truly a member of La Dame Sescoffier and um, had a school called La Varenne in Burgundy and also in Paris. There, the list of folks that have trained under her or studied under her is a, is a mile long. There's a Amanda Hessler and Mara Stetz and uh, Rick Bayless and 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 so it goes on and on and on. No, it just goes on and on and on. Okay, like hey, let's just show this book. So if y'all are watching, look for my Instagram feed. Look for the cover of this book. Like me, like Denise, and you're gonna you can win a free copy. Okay, so I want to talk to you about yeah. your classes. So tell me, tell the audience about these online classes that you have for food styling. Thank you. Now, Virginia, I need to tell you, I've met people have been saying you should do an online class for like 10 years. Right. And we even had a sponsor a few years ago. But at that time, I was in negotiations with a network and they were going to do it. So and then it all went poof and it all went away. Okay. Yep. <laughs> you know how that one day you're on top and the next day no one will return your phone call. Anyway, with COVID, Cindy and I were not able to do, we usually teach three or four weekend mm -hmm. workshops in various places. So all of a sudden, exactly what you were saying, with the iPhone 12 that Cindy has, with Zoom that we have now kind of mastered because of, I do a podcast. Right. All of a sudden, Cindy said, we're not gonna hire a crew because I'm like, I'm from the old school. I'm thinking I need a cameraman and this and that, and it's gonna cost me so much money. And oh my God, the cost to pass on to the students, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, Cindy has mastered it. It's two, we, they show my hands with one telephone, with one phone, they show my face with the other. We've shot three of them, wow. um, pasta, chicken and hamburger. The idea, Virginia is for people to put together the most professional portfolio they can so they can get commercial work. Okay. So that it's it. So if you want to work for Jack in the box, if you want to get a job with the, you know, a big restaurant chain, if you want your local restaurant to hire you and pay you appropriate, that's who your customers are. Right. Yeah. Cause y'all, one of the things that you may not think about is that, you know, when you see an 18 wheeler going down the highway and it's a McDonald's ad and there's this Big Mac on there, someone, a food stylist made that Big Mac. That's someone right. And probably literally did glue on those sesame seeds, right? I mean, like. I'll tell you something. And it has relaxed. Commercial food selling has relaxed a lot also. But here's the issue. When that semi is going down and the thrill when it's your food, I can't even tell you how much fun it, or the billboard above Sunset Avenue. Oh my God, it's so exciting. But here's the thing, the camera sees food differently. Yeah. So that's why, and it needs really good lighting. So when you're gluing a sesame seed on a bun, it's because that space with the camera's eye looks so huge where there wasn't one, right. that the eye went to that instead of enjoying the whole image. Right. A mistake, I think I can describe this as a young woman. When you're a young woman and you get a, a pimple, on your cheek and you're young and you put a little makeup on, but you go out and you think that's all people are looking at. 
Okay, you can't see that you're pretty and young or you don't feel it in yourself. You think that's all people will see. Well, if a camera <laughs> took a picture of you, the camera, that's my, what they might see. Okay? Right, right, because right. You're right. Stagnant because the camera's eye is stagnant. So you need to do a few tricks. Not a, we, don't use, we don't use half the tricks that we used to, though there's lots of tips, but the reason is, is that if you really know how to cook and you can make beautiful food, it's easier, okay? That comes down to it. But, so that's what the videos are about. And it's the hope of elevating people that have gotten into food styling now or like it. Mm -hmm. um, and for them to be able to get more professional clients, be, be a professional, be treated like a professional and get corporate clients because there's more money there. It's simply this, you know, simply what it is. You yeah, know, for sure. Cause yeah, I mean, like most, I mean, I think I have styled, I have styled all of my books, but I think that only maybe one or two did I have a budget for me, right? Exactly, honey. So because I was trying to save or paid myself a half rate or something. But exactly, of course. Someone's, you know, the, the major corporate clients, it's so important that their food look good. So so talk a little bit about the book too. So the your the the food stylist handbook that you have. Well, you know what? I wanted to write it like 20 years ago and every publisher, I sent out a proposal. They all said too small of a market. No one cares. Then blogging showed up and right. blogging started to show up in our workshops. And I went back and I sold it and they said, my agent sold it. And sure enough, uh, it did well. It was the first, the one you held up. Yep. It is a hard copy. There were no books out there on food starting. And so it had sold well, but then Virginia, what happens is they did not want to reprint it. We sold all 10,000 copies. And then I said, well, I think there's still life in the book. So I bought it, the design back from them very recently. Right. And then I turned around with an, a new agent, sold it again. Well, in three years, we've sold almost 10,000 copies of it, but we updated it and we added a chapter on photography. So, so people can read it. And you know, who's really related to the book? bloggers, chefs, mm -hmm. marketing people that have got smaller budgets. So they, you know, they know that they're going to, honey, and social media has done this. Maybe, yeah. it does not, you know, that's, it, it can be a lovely photograph of the hamburger with good natural light, maybe mm -hmm. one reflector in the restaurant and they're not paying a team to come in that day. Right. Where I live now, Virginia, and it's just funny, I always say this to people, find beautiful light in your home. Where does the sun come up? What, you don't want the afternoon light because it turns blue. You want, I have in my house, and when I, we were buying this house, and it was our, it's our right size house, we sold two other homes to get here. I see, I take pictures sometimes and post them and Cindy, who's worked with me for 20 years and helped write the food stylist handbook and everything says to me, that's the most beautiful light. I said, it's my kitchen counter because the light comes up and I have shutters. So I can actually, I use the shutters in my kitchen like a light filter Yeah, and it's beautiful light. So if I've made something that looks pretty good, it's a, now, could it be on a billboard? Well, I don't think so, but I'll tell you something. You see all the iPhone commercials where people are making movies and you know what? They look great. 
No, so, it, is, it is amazing. It's, it's a, amazing. But any tricks that you know about lighting or styling are, even with an iPhone, are going to make your image better. You just want to make the image better. That's all you're right, doing. Right, right, right. So um, I know I did, I recently did a project for Art Basel in Miami with a friend. I was assist, I assisted her styling and it was nice. At the, because the Art Basel wasn't held this year, but they had all these images and they were going to be on billboards and uh, yes. working with Ellen Silverman. And it really is different when it's when it's huge. I mean, you think about, uh, you know, a three inch square versus a 20 foot billboard. Um, now, but I do have a question for you because I, yes. um, I, a, a, I had a styling gig. I don't do as much professional styling as I used to. Um, I always just say that I'm a hands, like I don't need a brain. You don't need a brain. You just need to be the hands and do what the art director tells you to do. That's, and that always, that doesn't always work well for me. <laughs> but, um, you know, they were like, we want it to look like this sandwich. And I, and I said, none of that is real. Like that tomato was from this and that lettuce was from that. And it's all computerized. So what is your answer to that as a stylist? Because there's so much that can be done digitally. I know. Luckily, it's very expensive to do everything digitally. So, yeah. and this comes back from, again, when I started out, when we, when you were a stylist, if your photographer had to send an image to be retouched, mm -hmm. that cost him money and you couldn't always get the client to pay for it. Mm -hmm. So it, digitally, sometimes photographers say to me, Denise, don't chase that. I'll, I'll color that tomato myself in post. Right. And that's lovely because it, you can move faster and move on to another but honey, I, we don't have a lot of Frankenstein images because we just try to make it still as perfect and edible and appetizing as we can and go from there. But they can certainly, uh, recently I was doing this beautiful champagne shot and I was chasing seriously with a bamboo skewer, kind of this one a stray weird bubble and the photographer said tell me you're not chasing that bubble and he said step back and with his you know pen on his computer his little stylus he fixed it in 30 seconds so but I, I know it's it's an interesting concept okay then it's to me it's like multimedia it's how you look at art mm -hmm. do you know what I mean I mean there's a fine line between an ad and then when you switch to art, in my opinion. Right. When stylists first started out, I had this fight with one of the kids in our food styling group, and I think she was furious at me. Is a cup of hot chocolate art? Mm, I think it's an ad. Now, if it becomes, you know, something else and really goes into a different hemisphere, I guess you can call it art, but it's still a cup of hot chocolate. Let's not get carried away with it. Right, right, right. Okay. I think people take some of it too seriously. My question to all of it is when I bought a mascara one day at Thrifty, the ad kept saying, you'll look like Beyonce. And I bought that mascara and I put used it. And the next morning I said to Cindy, do I look like Beyonce? She said, not one bit. <laughs> but yet Beyonce was on the package of the mascara and they told me I was going to look like Beyonce. Do you know what I mean? So there's that fine line between art and ads and uh, manipulation and sales. Yes, yes, yes. And at the end of the day, though, it really is just about a beautiful image, whether it's art or an ad. That's right. It's going to capture the eye 
And you've got, so you've got tons of tricks and techniques in this book um, to help people uh, become better professional food stylists. And then, but, I would, but, but also um, I know that there's so much in, in this older version that people like, you know, food bloggers can use and influencers can use. I mean, that is in and of itself become that has become a business being an Instagram influencer. Uh, honey, we've had those people come to our classes. We've had influencers, one or two of them every once in a while, halfway through a demo of one of the foods, they let out this big gasp, like it took me 10 hours and my chicken never looked that good. And of course we've styled a chicken in like six minutes right. because it just, it's like anybody, if you don't know how to sew, how do you sew? If you don't right. know you know, if you don't know lighting, your photo, you know, if you don't know how to cook, think how overwhelming <laughs> making a meringue is. Do you know? I mean, I have friends. Uh, the worst one, people call me every. I get right. I, I get my glass of wine ready in Thursday afternoon of Thanksgiving. I sit and I just sit on my phone because people are going to call me to tell me all the horrors of their turkey. That is so true. You know, turkey's the easiest in the world. Put a little butter on it, shove it in the oven. I mean, but people make the cooking a turkey the biggest thing in their home. Yeah, no, no, people people get too stressed out about food, I think. I mean, it's just, oh, it's just calm down. So we have like blown through here and I've got some questions for you. Please. The first of which though, let me tell people where they can go to sign up for your online classes. Oh, okay. It's just happening right now. We have a, a Facebook, well, we have a... Um, we have a Facebook group called the Food Stylist Handbook. And I, uh, we're gonna post all the video information on that. They can always just reach me at dvivaldo on Facebook and then I can forward them anywhere they want to. Perfect, perfect. And on Instagram, it's the same thing. I think we have a new, you see now, Virginia, you know I don't do any of this. Cindy does all this stuff for me. If it was up to me, I would have a string in two cans and I'd say, hello. It's but Cindy does all this, but you can always find us on Instagram or Facebook under my name, and then we will have ads. It's Perfect. going to be on Padua. I think that's what it, we're just putting up these now. We just right. edited the three of them. And we're going to make, it's a minor, it's not a lot of money. We're charging for the online courses, but we're trying to make it fun, Virginia, where they're all different. So if people already know that part of mm -hmm. food selling, then they don't have to take that class. They can Perfect. take these classes. Perfect. So it's mostly, they're technique driven. They're all, and, and it's been really fun to do. I've been amazed how fun it's been to do. That's awesome. I can't wait to see it. I definitely, I definitely yeah. sign up and say, and take some. I want okay. to value. So, um, so what is, these are my little wrap up questions. Please. What is the last cookbook you read or cooked from that wasn't your own? Oh, that's a great question. And I can tell you what it was. Well, I read the memoir by the wonderful, uh, the perpetual church of hunger by Lisa Donovan, who you oh, had. Oh, I, read yeah. from, I love that book. I think I read it in an afternoon and I'm turning away so I can look. The last cookbook I probably read was Tony uh, Tony Tipton's uh, Jubilee. Yeah, I love so interesting. That was Natalie's answer too. What a beautiful book, Tony! What a beautiful Tony is incredible. Book. I had to get her on. Beautifully photographed by yeah. a lovely 
woman, a photographer. I mean, talk about, she sees it. She has an eye. It was, it's vibrant. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. So I usually ask like, what's your indispensable cooking tool, but maybe I'll ask you, what is your indispensable styling tool? Oh, styling tool is a pair of several pairs of tweezers. There you you have to have tweezers. You have to have tweezers. Your fingers can't pick. If you pick up a green bean with your fingers, it knocks the other green bean or knocks the almond off. Tweezers are like extensions of your fingers that are finer. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Of the five flavors, sour, salty, bitter, sweet, and savory, what's your go-to? Salty. Salty. Salty is good. I love bitter. I really do love bitter. Now I like bitter too. I like, when you say bitter, sometimes I like smoky too, but not fake smoke. I like when you get a, a bourbon that has a smoky, a little bit of smoke underneath uh-huh. it. I like that. No, but salt is, salt is my first choice. Salt is, salt is good. So, all right. Now you've worked with a ton of, of famous chefs and cookbook authors and all of that. And we, we both know that they're not always as nice as they appear <laughs> on camera. <laughs> but who is, who's one of your favorites? Like who is really, truly like someone that you enjoy watching? Like, oh. oh, the loveliest one of the, I've had two or three times when I worked on Ellen and it was Eric Repair. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. You know what? He's nice. Oh, he's just lovely. Tells you what he wanted. Was in the, and Jamie Oliver was like this also, which I can Uh say, came into the prep kitchen on the TV show. Didn't try to take over. Didn't say, oh, no, no, that's not how you do it. Nothing like that. Just said, please show me what you're doing. And he was charming and lovely and handsome. He's so handsome. And he's gotten even more handsome, I think, with his Oh, Virginia, come on. I'm old, not dead. The guy is gorgeous. Well, I mean, I think he's gorgeous and he's not my type, for sure. Exactly. (laughs) No, he's, that's so lovely. And it's so good to hear because, you know, sometimes those egos just get, I mean, if anyone's going to be, it could be a dick about something. It could be him, right? He's good looking. He's a famous French chef. And he's, he is really, really, really a, a, a nice a gentleman, person. a gentleman, a gentleman. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So my last question of all of your food memories, like what is one of your food memories that sort of stands out for you at any point in your life? Oh, I think my mother was a very good cook uh-huh. and she loved to buy, and they were always in the grocery store, and they were 59 cents in those days. They were little pamphlet cookbooks, and they were international foods. Uh-huh. And my father used to say, Jesus, Doris, can't we just have the steak and some potatoes? And my mother had one of those skillets, the electric skillet in the center of the table, and she made tacos and sukiyaki, Japanese sukiyaki, and she made all these international dishes but the first time I ever tasted tacos my mother's tacos which with cumin and something else in them and those corn tortillas she'd made from scratch I don't know where she found masa in San Rafael California in the 50s but she wow. did and I re- and guacamole but we had a neighbor that had a, a avocado tree and I remember eating that thinking huh like huh this is one of the most delicious things I've ever eaten and she Oh, and we traveled a lot, even as children. My mother demanded a vacation, but we always ate 
foods from different places. So it was my mother that said, look at this, or let's eat this. And, but I can remember the first bite of that taco. I was probably only seven years old. That's so cool. I love, I love to think about food memories. And sometimes like, you know, you'll get a whiff of something and it immediately transports you 50 years or 30 years or 20 years or whatever. I mean, I just think it's so fascinating and it just, uh, that's so cool about your mom. That's it really is, awesome. Really, When I look back, I think she was trying to make being a housewife and a mother and staying at home with three kids. I mean, that was her choice. She loved it. But I think she was looking for a little adventure in her life every day. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. No, that makes so much sense. Well, y'all, thank you so much for joining us today. I want you to go to Instagram and look for the cover of this book. You're going to like me. You're going to like Denise. Denise, thank you so much for coming on today. It's, it's, uh, you've made my day. I was a little, feeling a little poopy about some things and just getting to talk to you has just made my day. Thank you so much. Oh, Virginia, it was my pleasure. Thank you, honey. And be well and talk to you again. You too, honey. Okay, bye-bye. Bye, y'all. Bye,